You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this week's episode is for Wednesday, November the 8th, 2023. Uh, For longtime listeners of the show, you'll probably remember that today, November November 8th, is mine and Allison's anniversary. So happy anniversary, sweetheart. I hope we have a great day celebrating and being together as a family. And we'll definitely try and do something really cool uh, next year in 2024 for our big 10th anniversary, which will be really fun and awesome. And uh, for for those who also aren't aware, today is the birthday of our sister-in-law, Jackie. So happy birthday, Jackie. Hope you have a great day today, if you're listening. Uh, For this week's episode of the Casting for Fun podcast, I have a really special great guest on the show. It's Christopher Hartman. I'm excited to have Christopher on the show. I've gotten to know Christopher and his family, the Hartmans, very well in the past couple of months. They're a really great family uh, from here in Upland. And uh, Christopher and I share quite a bit in common. So it's great to uh, talk with him about stuff like going to uh, Danny Elfman concert for the night before Christmas performance at the Hollywood Bowl, talking about his love of Disney, going to the Disney parks. We talk about some late breaking news that happened this past week. Uh, for uh, Marvel Studios potentially bringing back certain actors and actresses to return to iconic roles. And then, of course, the big merger for uh, Six Flags, Matching Mountain, and Knott's Berry Farm, the two companies that own those uh, theme parks, and several other really cool topics that Christopher and I go over. And uh, Christopher, I mean, another cool thing that we share in common is that we're both hot podcasters. So be sure to check out Christopher's podcast, The Hawk's Nest, where he gets... Uh, Uh, inside stories from a good family friend of his who's a teacher and has some really cool interesting stories and some weird funny stories too to share for all his years of teaching so sit back relax enjoy this episode and uh, please enjoy my conversation with uh, Christopher Hartman so joining me tonight on the casting for fun podcast is a really cool awesome guest it's Christopher Hartman Christopher how are you doing tonight good how are you Good, good. I was really excited to, to hear that you do your own podcast. I mean, I, since I took up this hobby, it's been really fun and interesting for me. And then, of course, I mean, I, in recent months, I've gotten to know you and your family very well. So it's been really cool hearing your experiences. So uh, I wanted you to, before we get into the topic of conversation, and there's lots of topics that I want to cover with you tonight, uh, yeah. I wanted to hear about if your, your podcast, uh, The Hawk's Nest. I mean, if you can do a plug-in for yourself. Because uh, again, as podcasters, we got to stick together and help promote each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So my podcast is the Hawks Nest podcast. You can find it anywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Um, I do it with one of my um old high school teachers, and uh, he teaches history and uh, video production, and he has a ton of crazy teaching stories that I was like, you know. His, his name is Mr. Hawk. Mr. Hawk, you have to get these out there. You have to record these and um, share them with the world. And a lot of his stories, he hasn't even told his own children yet. Uh-huh. So um, I'm like, you have you have to share them. And so uh, I've been lucky enough to work alongside him and recording these amazing teaching stories uh, from teaching in Southern California and the public schooling system. So, yeah. 
Oh, very cool. Is there a particular story you find really interesting or maybe very strange that, that really sticks out to you? Um, one, I mean, they're all crazy in itself, but I think my personal favorite is Teeny Tiny Tiny 2 and the Cop Killer. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just shared that one a few last week. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> one we just recorded uh, not too long ago, and so that one's been published, and um, so you can listen to that. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So I definitely want to, you know, do a plug in for Christopher, the Hawk's Nest. It's really entertaining and fun. Uh, so, so check it out. Thank you. Very cool. Very cool. So I, I want to talk, dive into the Nightmare Before Christmas concert with Danny Elfman. It was so yes. interesting to me to hear that, that you enjoy the music, but obviously uh, your dad has a big influence on you in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> So yes. what, what is it about the Nightmare Before Christmas that is, you find so intriguing, especially celebrating it at Halloween time? I don't know. Me, myself, um, I've grown to love um, uh, movie score. And so I, you know, have a whole playlist of just, you know, film music and stuff like that. And one of the number one uh movies on there that you can see is the nightmare before christmas and um i just love how you know odd it is i love how i love the story behind it and how it was created and how at first you know disney you know it was you know the black sheep of you know disney and how it, it wasn't really accepted at the time but and then it all of a sudden became so popular and you know disney was like oh wait yeah we own this so you know like let's continue to um produce this and continue to uh show this off every halloween and and in our parks and also in our um you know live concerts like this and you know stuff like that and so i just the story intrigues me um i also am a fan of danny elfman which my dad has you know influenced me a lot on that and so i just love you know, Danny Elfman in both Oingo Boingo, Oingo Boingo days and also today with um, his film score writing. And um, so, yeah, having the opportunity to go see him in concert, you know, and performing Jack Skellington, um, you know, 30 years later was absolutely amazing. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So uh, can you share a little bit more about the concert itself uh, at the Hollywood Bowl? Was that right? Yeah, so it was at the Hollywood Bowl, um, which I had only been there one other time. Well, actually, the last time was to see Danny Elfman mm -hmm. uh, perform all of his all of his work. And so I, um, it was really cool. They had a costume contest uh, uh, hosted by Greg Proops. Greg Proops is uh, he's known for uh, whose line is it anyway? Um, the uh, improv show, and he's also was. Uh, and in some small voice roles in the night before Christmas. Um, so, you know, he was there for both the Halloween uh, costume contest and also for the show itself. Um, and that was an amazing, honestly, it was a really good way to start the show because, you know, the improv there was just absolutely hilarious and um, way, a good way to uh, lighten the mood of the, of the evening. And, um, John Morchetti um, was the uh, conductor of the evening as well, alongside the L.A. Phil, um, who was there um, playing. And they played the entire movie. The, movie. Uh, the only thing that was recorded 
uh, previously was the original voice acting in the uh, movie, which played overhead on screens. Um, so, you know, the orchestra played right along with the movie, which was super cool to see as I, I play the clarinet. And so that's something um, that intrigues me. And I just, you know, love being able to listen to the listen to the different parts of the orchestra and see how they all work together. Um, and then whenever a song would come on, you know, they would pause the movie for a second and the live voice actor from the original recording would come out and he would, he or she would perform the music live. And, you know, that was just also another sight to see. It was just absolutely awesome. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I got to see the pictures that you had posted and the videos that you had posted on social media. So it looked like just an amazing, awesome experience. Mm -hmm. uh, my understanding was that they, they paid a special tribute to Paul Rubens. Was that right? They did. So they did pay a tribute to Paul Rubens, who was who played the character of Locke uh -huh. in um, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and so clearly they couldn't have him there for the evening. Um, so they had uh, another person stand in and play him but they yeah did pay homage to um paul rubens in his career awesome very cool so it sounds like it was a really awesome experience for mm -hmm. you getting to yes. that concert and yeah I'm a, i i agree i'm a huge fan of danny elfman i, I love his uh batman score i, I think that's one of my favorite oh, cast. <laughs> yeah uh you mentioned that you were a fan of just music compositions in general are there other composers that you really enjoy outside of danny elfman um, I I love Randy Newman, um, John Williams, of course. I mean, how could you, uh, forget about him? Uh, -huh. uh with Star Wars and uh, Indiana Jones, um, Thomas Newman as well. I I enjoy his music, um, and then Hans Zimmer. So I mean, those are just to name a few. Yeah. Oh, excellent choices. Very cool. Very cool. The, the other name I would throw out there would be uh, Alan Silvestri. I think he's done. Really oh, yes. <laughs> fact, uh, just last yes. week or two weeks ago, my, I had my, my, my buddy uh, Peter Haugi on. We were talking about Back to the Future. And then, of course, yeah. I mean, just the other night, uh, my family and I were at Disneyland. So, you know, you go right through the Avengers campus and you hear that glaring like Avengers theme right there, which, you oh, of course, yeah. So I'm going to come back to Disneyland for sure. So, so we're not, <laughs> no worries. Yeah. not skipping over Disneyland, but uh, I'm fine jumping from to, topic to topic. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to uh, learn more about your, your history playing bagpipes, you know? So this past summer we had the opportunity to go camping together as families, which was really fun and cool. Mm -hmm. and that's where I first heard you playing and you're amazing at it. It was really, really cool to hear you play. Thank you. So do you have Scottish Scottish heritage in your side of the family? Yes. So I'm about, a, I think I'm a, third maybe a little bit less than a third scottish yeah oh, okay so um but that wasn't a huge influence on me playing the bagpipes the major influence was uh my high school and being able to you know there we're a scottish high school and so we uh, -huh. uh have had the opportunity to learn the bagpipes and so i was just i you know i love the sound i love such what an exotic instrument and so i was just like yes i have to i have to learn them and so i you know, took lessons from our instructors and about started about a little over two years ago um, to learn them. And I did pick them up really easily. Um, I will say playing the clarinet was a huge help um, because just the fingerings are relatively similar. Um, so, yeah. 
Oh, awesome. Awesome. And another cool experience that I got to see you participated in fairly recently was actually performing at SoFi Stadium. So can, can you share about that? What, what, was, what were you doing there specifically? Yeah, so the marching band that I'm in had the opportunity to compete at SoFi Stadium, um, which was a crazy experience, a once-in-a-lifetime op- opportunity to be able to perform on, you know, a professional football field with, you know, where you were performing with a bunch of professionals around here. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just a venue like, you know, like nothing else. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, been stars who perform there like Taylor Swift and Beyonce and, you know, Metallica who have all performed there live. And so it's just kind of a cool thing to realize that, you know, you're performing in the same exact spot that they performed. Um, I will say it was, there's a lot of reverb in the stadium. And so it was interesting to have to learn how to, um, it was interesting to learn how to uh, deal with the echo and to, um, yeah, kind of overcome that challenge. Oh, okay. Was that something that you and, and your bandmates were, were prepared for? Or how did that exactly work out? Did you know no, that was an issue? Uh, we did not. Not until actually maybe like half an hour before we went on. Our director was kind of like, all right, we've been in there. There's a lot of reverb. He's like, it's more important than ever that you watch the drum major because they're the only um, safe source of tempo while in the stadium. If you listen um to the reverb we're gonna split we're not gonna be together and so we'll get docked points for that of course Mm -hmm. oh wow so that is pretty cool that you guys were able to uh accommodate that on the fly and work it out yeah oh very cool i will say everyone was all everyone was off uh um a little caught caught off guard that evening and when you know in the first movement of our show uh we came in for the uh uh, you know, we, we all came together in this one part of the show and we were, we all were kind of taken aback because we were like, oh, okay, there is a lot of echo going on here. Oh, very cool. But uh, despite that uh, uh, setback, though, I mean, how do you think you did, or you and your bandmates did overall? I thought we did really well. Um, I mean, clearly we did well. We got first place in our division. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so, you know, first place for the first time ever performing a band ever performing in at SoFi Stadium so that's a huge uh, uh accomplishment that we're able to uh say oh that's really cool good good to hear I'm glad uh that it was a good experience for you and I hope that's yeah, something you're enjoying to do in your future uh I was kind of curious though so obviously you do have a very major life experience that's about to occur early next year uh once you return home from from missionary service is that something you would try and pursue uh, a career in music, playing the bagpipes, or do you have other aspirations? No, I do want to go. I I, I wouldn't want to major in music. Um, I would like to continue the bagpipes and be able to perform in pipe bands and do gigs um, that pertain to that. Um, however, I do want to go into business and actually work for, hopefully for Disney one day. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's a perfect segue into our next topic. So, 
So obviously our, our families had the opportunity to attend the parks together at various times. And it's been really yes. fun uh, yeah. getting to uh, you know, walk around with you because you know the ins and outs of the park so well, which is really, really cool. So what what is it about the Disney parks that you find so enjoyable? And my understanding is you've actually had the opportunity to visit Disney World as well. Is that right? Yes, I have been to Disney World. Yeah. Okay, so so go nuts. Uh, tell me everything you want to tell. <laughs> Disneyland, California Adventure, the Disney World, Epcot, everything. Um, I love how I think the first thing I'd like to talk about is the detail that goes into the parks. I love the thought. Um, while it is sometimes annoying how long things take to open, you know, when they announce a new land, a new park, we're always kind of like, come on, can we just can it just open already? But <laughs> it, you know, it takes a while for um for disney to get it right and so i'm i'm thankful for that because they put a lot of thought into their parks they put a lot of thought into their rides and different uh theming aspects they come up with original music for um the lands they have to come up with character meet and greets different kinds of foods um when star wars land opened you know they have to come up with a way to immerse yourselves in the park so that once you enter Star Wars land, you aren't seeing, you know, the Matterhorn in the distance. You aren't seeing um, any other part. You're, you're just in Star Wars land at that point. Um, and that's all you're going to see. You're never going to see um, any other characters walking through that area. And I just love that attention to detail. I love how, um, despite the park only being, uh, you know, five years old, right? It's been... It looks like it's been there for centuries. Um, and so I, I, I do uh, appreciate all the work, hard work that goes into these parks. Um, going to Disney World was an absolutely amazing experience. It was almost um, night and day compared to Disneyland and, and both in good ways. You know, you go to Disneyland um, all your life, and so you get used to a lot of the uh, rides, and you get used to how you maneuver your way through the park, what you need to hit first, and what you want to do first. Um, and so when you go to Disney World, it's just, um, it's a weird experience, but it's on, it's really cool. Disney World, Di Disney World's Magic Kingdom, which is kind of a Disneyland's counterpart, um, is huge the castle is just ginormous you you know we we take a bus from our hotel up to the front of the park and you can see it from miles away it's just ginormous um and i uh, another thing i really do like about disney is how clean they keep their parks you're never gonna see trash you're never gonna smell trash and so um yeah i just appreciate all the the thought process that goes into their parks compared to, you know, other parks in California. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I definitely want to come back to the concept of other parks in California later on in this episode, but yeah, I agree with you that there's so much, uh, uh, attention paid to detail, which is really, really cool. Uh, so like, you know, just the way things are designed, but also like the way that, uh, 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 characters interact sometimes when when you're with them and you're talking to them and sometimes when they see each other just on the fly like an example that came to my mind was just randomly one time uh we we got to see loki and captain marvel cross paths 
And it was just mm-hmm. so cool. Like they 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 were they were going from one spot to another because I think one of them had finished taking pictures, the other one was gonna be taking pictures, and they just cross paths and they just start like joking together, or maybe not joking, but like actually interacting they as, interact with each other yeah. as if they'd known each other for you know forever. Yeah, you were almost yeah. thinking that this is a scene, like this is actually Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson actually sharing a scene together in a movie, which is exactly, kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, that, that also just brings up the point that just recently you, you and a friend got to attend and you did an entire day of uh, character interactions, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... which seems uh, kind of unusual to me because most people <laughs> would say, hey, what's going on the rides? But no, no, character interactions could be kind of fun. So uh, how does that day work out when you spend the entire time just meeting characters? So I will say we were trying to get on as many rides as possible, but our also goal, because I, you know, whenever I go to Disney, I'm like, all right, we have to hit every single ride. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to do as much as we can in this day. Characters are out the door. Mm-hmm. So today, I, you know, I went with this day and it was my last day before my pass expired with my uh, friend. And we we're walking back. We're walking over to Space Mountain uh, next to the Matterhorn and we see... Uh, captain hook and we're like you know let's go take a picture there's not a line at all let's just let's go take a picture so we want to take a picture with him and um i was just like you know what let's see how many characters we can meet today now we're not going to go out of our way to meet every character but you know whenever we're passing by someone let's you know let's just go up and snap a picture Mm -hmm. um so i mean we got to 11 characters that day and um, so we met Captain Hook, Moana, uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, Tinkerbell, um, Captain Jack Sparrow, Ahsoka, uh, Cinderella, Snow White. We met um, Bo Peep and I feel like I'm forgetting another. Oh, forgetting one. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. uh, it was just it was an, honestly an interesting um experience especially when it's live actors and they're able to actually talk to you it was it was you know it's super cool you know it's really interesting how each of these characters talk to you when i was you know talking to moana she was like she was asking me you know when about wayfinding and how my journey is going today and and then you know when i go talk to uh cinderella she's she's like we need to get you another carriage back to this magical place you know because i was talking about my past expiring Uh um and so she uh it's honestly cool how they just um are able to talk to guests and um have such like a special one-to-one conversation and one-to-one bond with you oh absolutely very cool very cool, man. So uh, is there one particular character that you were really excited to, to get to meet or get a picture with? Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, I'm not going to lie. This this character, we had to, you know, we had to look back because we were like, that is that Johnny Depp? Because <laughs> he looked he looked exactly like him. He was completely in character. He's, you know, talked the way that, um, you know, the character from the movies would talk and so we were just kind of you know we were kind of taken aback um about how well um this person was portraying him oh very cool very cool yeah i can definitely understand the you know the double take because as the legend goes i mean he actually uh uh snuck in on the ride one time right and actually took the place of one of the animatronics and was actually interacting is that right yeah (laughs) 
Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that uh, Allison would absolutely love to be there whenever Johnny Depp ever does that. But I don't know if he's doing that anymore these days, but. But uh, very cool. Very cool. So yeah, we, oh, we were kind of like, oh, it's probably going to be a once in a lifetime thing to see uh, Johnny Depp uh, be at the parks. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did hear a, a story one time that uh, Jim Carrey was actually at Universal Studios playing the Grinch role. Uh, oh wow cool. yeah so sometimes you get celebrities do that that's actually kind of fun but uh so i wanted to ask you about your favorite rides so whether it's here on the west coast or on the east coast uh what are the the must ride uh disneyland attractions in your mind i would say now i know this for sure if i if you ask me what my favorite disneyland ride is i would i would say i have no idea but uh, my <laughs> number one ride that i've ever been on has been fly to passage at animal kingdom in florida Oh, that was the most immersive ride and the most uh, technologically advanced ride I've ever been on. And in that ride, you are able to enter the world of Pandora, enter the body of an avatar and fly on a banshee. And those ride machines, I mean, they, you know, they blow air in your face. They spray water, the smells. You could feel the banshee breathing in between your legs. I mean, it was just fully immersive and um something i would like a ride experience i'll never forget um some top rides i would probably say that i must uh, the must do whenever i go to the parks is i would say all the mountains mm -hmm. you know space mountain uh big thunder mountain matterhorn expedition everest um and uh coming up at the end of next year tiana's bayou adventure Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, well, I don't know if they've announced much, but I mean, is the ride going to change much or is it really going to keep the same uh, functions? So the ride layout is going to be the same. Okay. However, it's just retheming. So the story is going to be different okay. uh, with brand new an animatronics. Oh, OK. That, that should be exciting for, for fans yeah. of Princess and the Frog. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, a big aspect of Disney as well would be the food. Because, uh, I mean, if you're there so frequently like you are, uh, I guess you, you've learned some of your favorite spots. So what would be your food recommendations or like the spots that you always want to try and hit up whenever you're there? Or even just like, you know, treats, whether it's like uh, a specific churro spot or like a slushy, anything like that. So I will say this. Um, my favorite food place to go when I'm at Disneyland is the Plaza Inn. Um, and I get their fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, and biscuits there. It is so good. And it's a lot of food for the price that they put it at. I think it's about $18 at the time of this recording. And, um, I mean, you get two pieces of chicken, you know, ton of green beans, mashed potatoes, and a biscuit. And it's just, it'll fill you right up. Another place I do enjoy going is Docking Bay 7 at Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. And that place always has um, amazing uh, fusion type foods. Um, it's um, it's quite an experience to go there. A lot of the times they have different types of uh, entrees and meals that you know come in every uh, once in a while, and so it's it's fun to try new things there. Um, I would say my favorite dessert of all time, and I hope they bring it back would be the strawberry shortcake um dole whip there oh yeah yeah i remember that <laughs> and, and I, I remember yeah we all went and got one that one day we went yeah. and oh my gosh that stuff is yeah, that stuff is good so <laughs> oh absolutely yeah yeah 
Have you ever tried the the Earl of Sandwich in in downtown Disney? I have not. I've been meaning to try it there, or you know, to try something there, but I just haven't had the opportunity to. Oh, okay, I would seriously recommend it. I mean, unfortunately, your pass has expired, but I mean, well, I guess yeah. the good news is but downtown, you go Disney, to downtown yeah. Disney, you could. So, yeah, the, the last time that we went with you and your family, when we were actually going for your birthday, actually, uh, Allison and I were meeting you guys late. We were starving, but we didn't want to keep the group waiting. So we're like, okay, we, we got to grab something to eat. And that's like the first thing we see. So we go inside yeah. to the Earl of Sandwich and actually order a sandwich. And their Italian sandwich, I think, is actually better than anything you can get at Subway or Jersey Mike's or anything like wow. any, any sandwich place like that. So for those listening, if you've never tried the, the Earl of Sandwich, but have walked by many times going to the parks, definitely stop by and get a, a bite to eat there. It was so good. So good. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about that place. I just never personally have gone there. Okay, oh, very nice, very nice. Uh, so is there a particular day at Disneyland that was really meaningful to you? I mean, you've been going your whole life, basically. So I don't know if there was a particular moment or just an experience uh, being there with family and friends that that particular day really stands out to you. I wouldn't say that's probably a specific uh, day, but I would say there's different experiences from different days Mm-hmm. that uh, always make me want to go back to the parks. And and um, those experiences are why my heart kind of lies with Disney. Um, one of them is when I'll, I'll start on the East Coast, when we went to Disney World, um, we, we got rained out while we were at Animal Kingdom. And so we went back to the hotel and, it, you know, it was just downpour. It was just pouring rain and thunder and stuff like that. So, you know, we go back to the back to the hotel and they closed all the parks. And um, so we just kind of waited out. We take a nap. We anyways, we go to the food cafeteria there and we are eating dinner and I'm checking the app and I see that the parks are back open. They just opened the parks and Animal Kingdom closes pretty early in the day. They close at, you know, 7 p.m. Um, and they close for the animals. And so they we were like, oh, my gosh, everything is five minutes at animal kingdom right now and usually flight of passage is you know anywhere between an hour and a half to sometimes three hours for that ride in fact it's such a long ride they have a bathroom halfway through the line oh um, <laughs> which i found fa- which i found fascinating mm-hmm. um and so i were like we you know we finish eating and you know we go grab our stuff we gra- grab a dry pair of shoes and we bolted back to Animal Kingdom and we we you know, we're all running. It's um, dark outside and we um, get onto Flight of Passage. And it was just honestly an awesome experience to be able to ride it one last time and to um, to uh, do that. Um, and then, I mean, another experience, I went with another close friend of mine and I just remember just couldn't stop laughing on any of the rides. It was just absolutely hilarious. Um, and then one ma- uh, one more I can think on the top of my head, and you were there that day, was when we went on Big Thunder Mountain during the uh, the fireworks show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was just, that was pure Disney magic right there. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah, that was the first time for me actually getting to do that. So that was your yeah. first well for fireworks? Okay. Yes, yeah. Very cool. It was really cool that our our, our friends, uh, the stewards, had, had done it many times, I guess. Uh, enjoyed uh, fireworks while riding Big Thunder. So that was a really cool yeah. Awesome. 
Awesome. So I have two more questions that are kind of related to, to Disneyland and then also just theme parks in general. So, okay. or uh, I guess more, more specifically to the Disney company as, as a whole. So I know that your family's a fan of the Avengers movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, you named your, your dogs after uh, Scarlett Johansson, right? Or one of them? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That or the Scarlet Witch. I guess you could take your pick. Which one? Which? Scarlet? Yeah, I we I would say we named her after Scarlett Johansson, and okay. then we named our <laughs> other dog, yeah, uh, oh, Ray cool. after Star Wars. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And then, uh, so so a recent story that broke this past week was that uh, allegedly Marvel Studios and Disney are tentatively planning to bring back Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson. I guess to kind of rejuvenate interest in the MCU. Um, I don't know where, where your feelings have long, uh, lay, but basically a, a lot of fans, I guess, are kind of thinking that things haven't been quite as cool since in the post game world. So I was just curious yeah. your opinion. Do you think uh, that's a good idea to bring back characters that I guess were supposedly going to be passing the torch? And uh, would you want to see the, uh, some of the OG Avengers back? So, I mean, I haven't uh, I'm not going to lie. I have heard I haven't heard a lot about this topic, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't hate the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I, if I were going to see Robert Downey Jr. or Scarlett Johansson in any other movies in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'd want them as a prequel to the, I mean, Endgame timeline mm-hmm. Um, instead of, you know, in phase five, you know, where we're leading to the Kang dynasty and, um, you know that sort of topic any i maybe any uh flashbacks to any movies uh and you know any of the newer movies uh i don't know maybe that's a good idea to have them um if i mean i think another iron man movie would be a little much since they already um have a you know a handful out there um and so um i don't know i think scarlett johansson is a amazing actress and so i think seeing her in another movie um would be a really good idea um for disney um i think it's a smart move to try and rejuvenate and to try and increase interest in the mcu um because i will say some of the past couple movies and also marvel tv shows have been a little lackluster um but then there's also been good ones i've highly enjoyed loki and especially now Loki season two, which has been absolutely, I've been on the edge of my seat the entire season. Um, so I think there's definitely some good concepts out there, some good ideas to try and um, bring interest to the MCU back again after the end game timeline. Um, I just think it's just um, a matter of writing. I think it's a matter of um putting in the right CGI and having giving a good timeline to the CGI artists and um, and also just choosing good actors. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it is a cool concept to, to consider and think about. I know when stories like this break, it's, it almost kind of seems like you have to take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. what's kind of interesting is that this actually story, the story came from Variety. So one of the big Hollywood publications. So mm. my guess is there is some traction and it, it, I think it, it's a, a good possibility. We might see them back, even though both of them would require a pretty hefty price tag to get them. Yes. <laughs> but, but, but I do think that Disney's, our Marvel Studios are planning to try and rejuvenate things and uh, I guess really uh, excite fans again. So that, and I think that's a good way to do it, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. 
Very cool. Very cool. So one last question I wanted to ask you about another okay. big story that broke this past week. So Cedar Fair, which is the company that owns uh, Knott's Berry Farm, among other uh, amusement parks, and Six Flags, who obviously they own Magic Mountain here in the Southern California area, are actually going to be merging. So I thought that was kind of an interesting strategy that both companies want to take, the fact that they would merge. And then, I mean, what benefits would both companies get from this merger? Uh, what do you think would happen with Disney? Would it be just business as usual for them? Uh, would they consider park renovations? I, I heard that they were going to be investing in parks quite a bit. So I, I don't know if this really uh, changes things for Disney much, but as, as a frequent park goer, what do you expect from this uh, merger or do you have any thoughts about it? I personally see it as increased um, theme park competition to Disney. Mm -hmm. um, Universal has been a huge competitor, especially as of recently, because they've been building that brand new park in Florida. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, I think Disney's starting to realize that, you know, everyone's starting to catch up to them and, and to catch up to their level. Um, and I think um, this merger is going to be another boost for um, those theme parks. I think Disney is going to have to um, make some upgrades to their parks, make it. Um, I think they're going to have to probably lessen the price. Um, I, I know they just had a price increase, which I'm not too happy about. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I think they're going to have to make it more, uh, I, I guess finan financially sounder for, um, their guests, because I've seen a lot of people who have gone to Disney all their life and then they've been, um, outpriced by Disney. And so now they're turning to theme parks, especially in California, like, you know, Knott's Berry Farm and other Six Flags uh, parks because it's cheaper. And uh, I mean, they relatively get the same experience, the same family bonding time. And um, and so I think that's, uh, I think they're starting to be a huge competitor towards Disney. And um, I think it's great for uh, uh, Cedar Fair and, you know, this merger to take place. I think it's good for their overall business. And I think it's, um, going to help them increase traction. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Uh, so that's pretty much all the talking points I had tonight, Christopher. Did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up before we wrap up? Not really. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. This has been really fun for me. So it, it's great to just talk about fun things that we share in common. And then uh, again, I, I love the fact that we can record podcasts and just talk about anything we want. And I know that we we have friends and family and friends who will find this interesting. So this will be a, a fun conversation to go back and listen to uh, time and time again. So, yeah, I love it. I mean, I love podcasts. I love just finding uh, random little podcast episodes and topics out there um, to listen to because it's just a fun way to get your opinion out there. It's a fun way to get your story out there. Um, and I just love the uh, format. Awesome. Awesome. So before we wrap up again, can you let my listeners know where can we find you on uh, social media and on podcasting? Of course. Um, so you could find the Hawks Nest on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon Music. And it's spelled a little weirdly. It's H-A-U-K um, for Hawk. And you can also find the Hawks Nest on Instagram, um, the Hawk, at the Hawk, Hawks Nest pod. 
Um, so I highly recommend you uh, take a listen and follow our Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely uh, second that recommendation. So Christopher does a great job with the podcast. His uh, former high school teachers got some really fun stories to share. And uh, and it's, it's cool. I think it's just a great way just to uh, uh, spend your day uh, enjoying listening to things that interest you. So uh, thank you, Christopher, for joining me tonight on my podcast, the Casting for Fun podcast. And thank you to all the listeners. 